Hello and welcome to irishracing.com for another edition of Formscan. Massive weekend of racing ahead of us this weekend. Fairy House, Cheltenham, Doncaster, Nice. A lot to get stuck into and I'm delighted to be joined by Paul Callaghan who will be my guest for this week's episode. Paul, how are you keeping? Yeah, no, bother now. Keeping busy, so can't complain. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, you're saying the, the newspaper is going to print you with the field now, obviously, but I suppose for people who might know you so well, give us a bit of background to yourself and kind of what you're doing these days. Oh, a bit of background. Well, grew up in North Mead from a farming background. Um, would have been off to Fairy House. Fairy House at the time was on a, on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We were always off on a Wednesday to, to Fairy House. It was family day. So I graduated from there to heading off to the likes of Nav and Dundalk, Bellystown, Sligo and what have you. And just developed a, a, a love for horse racing. I suppose through my father. Um, and I knew I started school, started primary school at, at the age of five, and I knew starting that I just wanted to be an astronaut jockey, and that was it. So fast forward to the leave insert, and I I started off with a trainer called Jerry McCargill, actually, when I was only about 15, 14 or 15, working weekends. Jerry doesn't train anymore, but he, he'd be shrewd enough. He always had a had a he always had something lined up for Dundalk. He used to be on every Friday in June over jumps, and uh, he generally had something lined up for, for Friday. And, Never really left it behind either. So uh, he that was a good that. man to get you started. So <laughs> yeah, he was he was good, and so from there I went to I three days done the leaving cert at seventeen in a fashion, and after the leaving cert I was in Tom George's three days after the last exam, had a job lined up and all, and uh, worked away from there. My first first ever ride was on the fourth of December two thousand and one. That was a winner on a horse called Delone at Hereford, and um, yeah, a ten. 10 enjoyable years in England. It was hard work now, riding over jumps. Had a few rides on the flat as an amateur. Um, and then came home, turned conditional, say, when I was 23, 24, and then landed home at, at 27 and didn't wasn't really enjoying it and probably should have should have uh, took a different path a, a bit sooner. But um, that was it. Spent a few years, spent nine years in boil sports. And while I was there, I hooked up with Irish Jockeys Trust with Helen O'Sullivan. And I went to college, part studied part time in Dundalk, and graduated with an honours degree. So I am now working in advertising and marketing for the Irish field, and I also do a bit of a bit of MC work at Dundalk and Fairy House. So little bit of podcasting as well. <laughs> you, you you keep busy, so um, you have plenty of jobs on the go. But you're probably in Fairy House tomorrow, so I presume. No, I'm not. I'm not not sure when my next protocol on that is uh I'm at Dundalk on Wednesday. Very good, then, very good. Uh, that'll be that'll be the warm up for, for Leopardson on Saturday. <laughs> very good. Look, we've got plenty to get to, I suppose, so we will drive into. We'll start with Fairy House, I think. Um for the Salarina Mayor's Navarre's Hurdle. Kind of a race one in, in memory of the great Salarina for the Bow family won twenty two out of forty races, five town grade, one winner. I'm not sure if we'll find something like her inside here, but there's some nice mares lining up for this one again. Um, Jade Grugy there is an early early market favourite for Willie Mullins. He's got a strong team in here, but there's some good challengers as well, I think, Paul. Um, are you with the favourite here? Yeah, it's impossible to oppose her, I think. She's 8-1 already. The best price 8-1 for the mayor's novice hurdle at Cheltenham in March, and she'd want to be taking care of these. Like She looked very good at Leperson over the Christmas period. Um, She's a shade of odds on. She's four to seven here. I'm seeing best price, and uh, yeah, I think she's going to be very difficult to beat. You know, eight to one for the mayor. If you, you know, if you weren't, if she was too short for you in this one, I'd be happy enough to have a, a small wager at eight to one for the the mayor's novice 
Yeah, she she should have a good crack at that, I'd say. But there is some good mares in it. Like she was very good at Leopardstown, like you were saying. She beat the Butcher's Hollow very easy. I kind of liked the, um, Henry's mare there. That looked to the west. I thought she was good on debut. But um, yeah, Jade Grugy kind of won with a big reputation from the Mullins Yard. Yeah, she she should be very tough to beat here. So we won't waste too much time on this. We've got plenty to get stuck into. We'll we'll, we'll go straight on to Cheltenham, I suppose. Um. A lot, lot of good races here. We're plenty of strong Irish challengers, but we'll start with the, the 1205, the JCB Triumph Hurdle Trial, Grade 2 race. And some exciting, like, top kind of contenders for, for the Cheltenham contest kind of showing up here. I suppose we'll start with Bird at Road. Um, kind of, he's a horse. Hadn't really convinced me um, until the, before the last day when he won in Cheltenham. Very high-rated flat horse, of course. Rated over 100. Um, looks very, very impressive. Would you be strong on his credentials for 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 this and maybe Cheltenham after that? I would. I certainly wouldn't be dismissing him. I know, and obviously the price reflects this for for Saturday and again in March. But I'd be looking to take him on. Like, he's not as straightforward as as Sergino. Um, I thought I was very impressed with Sergino last time out. Now, Bordet Road had a lot to contend with the, the last time at Cheltenham. There was a, a few mishaps and, and loose horses and whatnot in the early stages, but he's not as straightforward as, as Sergino. I was just really, I was very, very impressed with his win at Kempton last time out. It was definitely, I think, connections were opting for a very educational race. They tried dropping him a bit worse than, than mid-div. He was a little bit keen. He wasn't over-racing too much but he was just a little bit heavy-headed in Nico's hands jumps superb when he's spot on he's absolutely deadly and when he's short as well for a horse that hasn't ran you know he only had the one run in France prior to that in comparison to board at road you often get these the flat horses are a lot more battle hardened than those who have who haven't run on the flat and are, are coming straight from bumpers or or going straight over hurdling the flat horses if they're meeting one wrong you know they're, they're generally very quick thinking and they're very quick and, and good to sort themselves out but Sergino is just as good and um he won with plenty of hand like you saw when he hit the front approaching the the first hurdle I think it was the second last the first hurdle in the straight at Kempton like Nico kind of had to give him a couple of liveners down the neck just to waken him up he had a good look over the last two I think he gave the second last about six foot I think the faster to go the better he'll be he's a fine big horse for a four-year-old and um I think Bordet Road is going to have the work cut out here to, to get the better of Sergino. Yeah, it should, should be an interesting one. Bordet Road's kind of hardened himself, like so when he's meeting kind of, this will probably be his biggest test, I suppose, like you were saying, Sergino, a very exciting one for Nicky. So, yeah, they're, they're nipping talk, but you're, you're probably on the side of Sergino, like you were saying. Probably, I, look, I probably wouldn't be backing either of them, but I think it'll be a good pointer towards the juvenile hurdle. They're, they're both very talented horses. Um, But we, we, we'll go on to the the 115, the Paddy Power Handicap Chase. Um, Two miles, four furlongs. Plenty in here you can give a chance to. You were saying you have a fancy in this one as well? Yeah, well, at a bit of a price, uh, Jetual, who's round about the, the 11 to 1 mark. Jetual gave Ryan Potter his biggest day as a trainer when taking the old row and chase at entry last time out. Jumped and travelled like an absolute dream. Now, a slight concern is the three, eight, he's only had eight runs over fences, so there should be more to come. He's had three of those were wins. He's had five career wins, all of which were under Daryl Jekyll. So I'd be kind of hoping that Brendan Powell can make a bit of history here and uh, be the first one bar Daryl to, to bring you 12 home in front. I think if he turns up in, in the same form here as he did at Aintree last time out, I think 11 to 1 could be a bit of value. Looks a bit of each way value there, of course. Um, Ilvadoto was good here last time as well, but plenty yeah. of these you can probably oppose. So yeah, Jatwal looks a good each way price here. I didn't have a really strong fancy in this myself, but um, yeah, nice little each way pick there. 
kind of move on to one of the one of the races I'm kind of most looking forward to here, the Cotswolds Chase. It's kind of won plenty of good memories of this from the past. Uh, Manny Clouds, a winner. Plenty of good horses have won this. And I think it's just very interesting to see a horse like Stay Away Face showing up here, a novice stepping up against the older boys. Um, like strong competition here. So like a high senior good winner this last year. The real whacker kind of has to bounce back a bit. There's still doubts about him. Um, I'm just looking forward to seeing what Stay Away Fay can do. Who who would you be looking 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 to go with here? Um I'm all over that's all right. You know, you'd not have not have 19 horses to pass here now. He only has the he only facing the five five opponents like he he like he never really looked a winner did he in the first first half of the race at Newbury last time out he ran out a ready winner he's a horse on, on the upward trajectory got a good hike from the handicapper and probably rightly so I think he's a cracking price here he's as big as six to one um stay away from, uh, short enough a three to one but comes in here on the back of two victories Royal Pagai I don't think it's going to be soft enough as you mentioned the real whacker needs to, to bounce back. High senior wouldn't be the biggest shock now if he bounced back, but you couldn't back him with any real confidence. So no. Capadano, I think, would struggle. So I think that's all right, Gino is going to be the, the more solid option. And like I said, a smaller field here, if he latches on to the, to the main group, has to be on the premises. Yeah, just like just looking at the betting there, like you like all of them are in with a real chance, but it should be a really yeah. competitive contest. Like I suppose I, I can't really see a proper goal hope horse coming out of it. Like they're all kind of maybe a little bit questions questions about them but it should be a great way to watch anyway i suppose like um i just think the novice stepping up he's kind of probably got a bit more potential than the rest the real whacker is kind of horse i was quite i liked him last year but i don't know what did you make of that that king george one i suppose he didn't run overly badly i suppose he was fourth bit of an improvement on his chat well, he, was, he was lame after the Cheltenham effort but like can you see him coming back to any anything near grade one form again this year I could like Kemp Kempton wouldn't be for everyone's cup of tea either, and had had a couple of rides at that meeting before. And at the time, I, I remember just it was, the official goal was soft. There was a bit of frost in the ground, and it rolled really, really dead. And the three mile start at Kempton is just past the winning post, so you need to get a, a, a bit like Ascot. Ascot's a little bit more severe. Their three mile start, but a, a slight comparison there. And at, at both tracks, the first two three furlongs is as crucial as the end if you get into a rhythm on, on, over the, in the first half mile at Kempton you know you're, you're set up for the race but if you're on the back foot it's very hard to, to get into a rhythm and you know I, I think probably back at Cheltenham here that excuses his last visit to Cheltenham but um, yeah he does need to bounce back but I'd be a bit, a bit more forgiven I could understand his probable poor performance at Kempton in the King George yeah look It'll be a cracker anyway. I'm I'm probably with the novice and you're with that that's all right, Gino. Betting suggests everyone is in with a chance for that one, but one that probably isn't so competitive the next race, the reschedule Clarence House. John Bond about three to ten on favourite. Um can't, I can't see anything anywhere near him, can you? No, bar disaster, he, he leads them home, doesn't he? Yeah, like I suppose Editor right. Regis did surprise in Argamine last year, but I just can't I just can't see that happening again this year. Like you'd imagine it'll be a bit of a stroll in the park, really, won't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'd like to see Alexa Denotz and you'd imagine he will run his race. I'd like to see him run a, a nice race for connections, but but yeah, John Bon Bar disaster he, he wins this. Bar disaster he wins this. That's enough for that one, I think. Um Pity we didn't get to see it last week, I suppose, with El Fabiolo coming over to El Fabiolo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, it is as, as a spectacle as a racing fan. That's what we all want to see. 
Yes, I, I like to see these kind of clashes even before Cheltenham. Like we were actually, um, we were in Martin Brazel's yard there the other day and it was interesting. Someone actually asked him, would you prefer to avoid uh, Galloping des Champs before Cheltenham? And he said, no, like I'd like to know coming to Cheltenham where I stand anyway at least. And I think that's a great attitude to have for a trainer. Like it's like it's kind of great for the fans as well to get to see, you know, horses like them meet a couple of times a season instead of just waiting for this for this uh, big race in a, in a month's time or whatever. But, yeah, um, absolutely. And I, I would get like... It would put fans in the stands, like like growing up when, when I was going racing, like the likes of Vistabrack and Holy Doran's Pride. Do you know that we had large action? Then Oliver Sherwood trained train that one, and, and they, they would meet meet like numerous times during the season, and it would always like I can remember going to going to Fairy House, like when Vistabrack was there, and like you couldn't get near, you couldn't get to see him unless you were stood beside the parade and quite early, you know, it was just as packed. Yeah, it's kind of changing changing kind of sport now it's a, it's a pity i suppose um yeah. like oh god i would love to see constitutional he'll come on over there next weekend for the dublin racing festival oh. even even if it was going to be like he like he'd probably beat statement anyway but imagine imagine the crowds he'd draw and like just getting to see him in ireland like it's uh and imagine the build-up from then from dublin to from leperstown yeah. to the festival like what, what whatever happens at, at leperstown like you'd have something to talk about on the lead and to, to, to cheltenham it'd be it would it would have been fantastic it's a pity but Look, we've got great raising this weekend anyway, even if yeah. maybe some of the some of the some of the bigger names aren't there. Look, this one I'm really looking forward to as well. Um Unibet Hurdle, getting to see Lassie Mount. I think it's about 273 days since we saw her last um Star Juvenile last year. She's shade of odds on, she's getting weight from the Geldings. I think I think she's very, very good. What's your opinion on her, Paul? Oh, she is, yeah. She's unlucky probably not to be unbeaten. You know, she she was caught by by stable companion Garland so at at Leperstown last season at the Dublin Racing Festival when things didn't go to plan. Got caught down the inside with a horse. The leader was dropping back, and then had to, had to make up ground five or six wide round the bend, going uphill. wasn't ideal. Probably did pretty well to get as close as she did. As much as I love love Envoy, I'm a huge fan. Love the Noel Feely Racing Syndicate. Big fan of Dave Cross also. Um. But I, I think she'll struggle here. I think she she may give Lassie Mouth something to think about, but I I think Lassie Mouth will, will take this. She should do, I'd imagine. Yeah, like it's kind of an embarrassment to riches the mayor's really has this year. Like he sends another suit to Doncaster. We'll talk about them later. But um, <laughs> like I don't know. I, I was kind of half thinking like when when I saw her showing up for this one, like maybe would they try and do an any power maybe mayor's hurdle this year and then maybe go for a champion next year? Do you think she's is she that good? Do you think? She she possibly is like you know she was she was very good last year like as I said things at that race at Leperstown at the Dublin Racing Festival like she um, she probably did it pretty good to get as close to the winner approaching the last like she gave away a lot of ground you know yourself when you stand at Leperstown and you look from when you start turning out at the back it's a long way home and it's uphill she was making ground from the turnout at the back and having to go wide as well and still managed to get within within a length or so of of the winner. On the approach to the last turtle, she she has a huge engine, so plenty of improvement still to come. You just wouldn't know where she'd end up. Yeah, she, she looks a star in the making, like you were saying. Love Envoy could give her something to think about. Like obviously, love is Cheltenham, but I think yeah, Willie's mare should have just have too much for on the day. Um, we go on then. God, there's so many great races in Cheltenham. You can nearly lose track of where you are. But um, the Cleve Hurdle, <laughs> I suppose, next the three thirty-five. Um, plenty of old boys here. We see facing off against each other. Uh, it seems like nearly every week at this stage. But um, I think we have the the second, third, and sixth for second, third, and sixth from the second, third, fourth, and sixth actually. I think from the Longmore Hurdle. 
um, a couple of months ago. Noble Yates, an interesting runner there as well, Fairmont Mullins. Um, have you got a fancy in this one? Yeah, we've got two, plenty of fan favourites, I suppose, but two at the top of the, the market. Love Dashiell Drasher, but I think there's there's more mileage left in him, so I think we'll save him for another day. Hart definitely ruling the head here with Paisley Park, who is a cre credit to himself and a credit to Barry Fenton and Emma Lavelle, who've, who've brought it back time and time again. Looked as good as ever on his last couple of starts. Unlucky not to have another one beside his name. And I hope he gets his due rewards here. I hope he behaves at the start and gives himself every chance to, to land this one. So around about 11 to 4. Definitely the heart rule in the head and with Paisley Park. Yeah, that was it was a cracking one last time behind Crambo. Um he's he's one that will get you off the edge of the seat every time anyway. And yeah, like you were saying, plenty of fan favourites here. Yeah. So it'll be a good watch. Like Noble Yates, I think for Emma Mullins, interesting one, I suppose. I'm not sure where they go to Cheltenham. I think after after Limerick. They actually sounded a little bit I actually think I saw Paul Byrne getting interviewed the next day and they sounded like he was a little bit disappointed in that run actually even. Um and I saw quotes from Emmett saying they might actually I don't that that, that the two uh spring festivals didn't suit, that they might just tag at the Grand National. So not sure will he go for the stairs hurdle, but has to have some kind of chance in this, I suppose. Yeah, not wouldn't be an attractive betting proposition for me. Like has an entry as well in the cross country race at the festival. So Maybe connections are a bit kind of plans are on the air here for Noble Yates. But um yeah, I'd not wouldn't be a betting proposition for me in this. Yeah, I heard Struggle. one. To he might up. run well, but I I don't think he'll win. Heard one to Famous last right. words. <laughs> yeah. Famous last words is right. Um so last race in Cheltenham we will talk about is the four ten grade two novice hurdle. Gidley Park is a horse who's kind of building a big reputation there in the last few weeks. A big, strong-looking chasing type. I saw a picture of him on Twitter yesterday. He looks like a like a smashing horse. Um, he's a short price favourite here, though. Johnny Who ran well in the cello. Had a tough race there, though. I thought he was a bit eye-catching. But a couple of Irish challengers as well. But I'd imagine Gid Gid Gidley Park is probably the one with the with the most potential in here, do you think? Yeah, one is, one is last. One is last three even money, I, I, he will take the beating. Obviously, the, the price reflects that. I'd be interested in one you mentioned in Johnny Who. I thought he looked good at Carlisle. Um, was it two starts back and would have learned plenty in the Chalo last time out. He, he's obviously he's taught a lot by connections. 16 to 1 for the, the Albert Bartlett. I'd be expecting a big run here. He's a horse I, I quite like. So, around about the 92 mark, I'd have a, a small wager on Johnny Who. Yeah, it doesn't look a bad shot. I thought he was he was a bit eye catching right in that race. Um, I probably just watched this for myself. Antrim Coast maybe for Gavin Cromwell. He's got a massive strike rate here in Cheltenham. I think twenty five percent uh, runners to winners this season. They're flying, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, Actually, yeah. yeah he's um so he's he's good when he targets this when th this uh track in particular. But yeah, interesting one. Maybe some real Albert Bartlett um contenders emerging from that one. We'll, we'll drive into Doncaster anyway. Uh. Good race in there, plenty of Irish runners as well. I think the first one we will chat about is the Phillies Juvenile Heard. Look, just a quick chat about this. I think Gordon has a, a decent mare in there, would do. She's very short price favourite, though. Um, Looks likely to win this, I'd say. Yeah, I think the price reflects that also. Good winner of a similar event at Newbury last time out. She won with it with plenty in hand. And uh, yeah, she turns up here. You'd imagine she, she'll get one on the board for Gordon Elliott and Mark Walsh. Yeah, you'd think so. She had good form there with that horse in her burgering back in the stall, I think, um, beat him and he he was placed in a few graded races after that. So, yeah, she, she looks a, a decent mare, but um, maybe some more uh, competitive affairs later on in the cow. Maybe not so much this one. Jericho de Rappenay in the 130 to Supreme Trial, grade two. 
a big hype horse. Um, another one for the Supreme for JP. He seems to have a very strong race for that for a very strong team for that race in particular. I suppose. Are you buying into the hype around this fellow, Mark Walsh? Obviously, he travels over to ride as well. Yeah, he, I am. I, I really like him. Um, Todd, I know he was was a two star back. He was when he he made his reappearance at the beginning of December. Saw a bit of bit of action on social media. People giving out maybe that, that Nico wasn't harder on him, but. Uh, no, I might be happy enough. I, I think he's he's catches the eye. Plenty left in the tank. Um, you would like to see him just being being taken off the bridle a bit. You know, you don't want going to Cheltenham first time with the, with the shouting and whatnot, with all the chaos that's going on at Cheltenham. You don't want that to be the first time that, that you know you proper get a hold of him. Um, you know, and the head goes up and he'll be thinking, "What's going on here? What do you want me to do?" But um, yeah, he's, he's he looks a proper horse. Just on a different tangent here, it's interesting. Just looking at the, at the last race, like Doncaster, based in the north, not many northern representatives here, and those who are, if you're going on betting terms, not much of a chance. So it'd be nice to see some of the the bigger northern yards represented here in the bigger races with chances, yeah. you know. Yeah, for sure. A lot of horses travelling up from the from the south of the country and over from Ireland as well for this. So. It's a good point you made there. But just kind of back to Jericho Drapani for a second. Um, just kind of looking at the Supreme picture, do you think they're going to try and split these um, the Supreme horses? Like, I suppose he's got Mystical Power and this fella, they're just, I think, the top two in the betting at the moment for Supreme. He's then he's got a few kind of bigger price ones with a bit of a chance, maybe no flies on him for Edward O'Grady and Mirazor West one during the week. I'm not sure what he'd head for that. But do you think they'll, they'll try and split them? Will one go to the Ballymore maybe? Yeah, I do. I think they will. I think they'll try and split them. Which which one do you and think? It'll be. I thought this guy here might go for might step up and trip Jericho the, the rep. He'd be more inclined. Newbury'd be more of a gallop and track. Be interesting. And and Doncaster as well. Like they're two. They're quite similar. You've like there's no excuses here. Quite similar to Navan as well. Big gallop and tracks. Gorgeous to to ride round. And uh, no excuses. Whereas you know. To, We'll say two miles at Cheltenham would be a lot sharper than, than two miles at Newbury mm-hmm. and Doncaster. So I think this will here will will go up and trip. Yeah, he did look like one who 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 wouldn't mind stepping up anyway. Um, even if he didn't need to, but he didn't sound too keen to step. He's fell off, so um, they might have to fight about that close to the time, I'd say. Um, but look, the two o five really has plenty in this one. Uh, two two strong mares, like we were saying, like the the strength of the mares Willie has this year is nearly embarrassing. Um. Two grade one winners in here. He has lost him out as well earlier in the day. Um, look, Garda Marceau looks very good. She was dual grade one winner last year. Ashford Diamond, grade one, or, one winner as well. He looks to have the strongest hand in here. Would you be with one of his, I presume? Yeah, I'm I'm a Garda Marceau. I think she's got a huge engine. She won a grade one in France at a tie when last seen in May. She was no match for lost him out at the Punchestown and Cheltenham festivals. The, the Cheltenham Clash course came in the, the triumph. That was two or two starts prior to that victory in France. But she did capitalise on that race that we mentioned earlier on in the show on Lossy Mouth. When Lossy Mouth's fortune, Gala Marceau was there to to reap the rewards. She has a huge engine. She wears the hood. She can be a little bit keen. But when you look at her races, how keen she races, she shouldn't be finishing the races that strongly yeah. that she does. But she's got a huge engine. And I think two to one is a... She's the best price here I'm seeing two to one. I think that's a massive price. 
Yeah, I was kind of with you. I was kind of surprised that she wasn't favourite, to be honest. Um, like you were saying, it's kind of it's kind of no no shame to be losing to Lassie Mount. She looks a fairly talented mare, and like you were saying, she's so hard on herself as well. Like, and she beat um Zach the Brave, I think, in that race. Not he, like Galway Hurdle winner after that. Yeah, I think yeah. she she could be a very good mare. I suppose maybe the maybe the the break is the, is concern. She, when she's so keen, she might be hard. Yeah. She is. That that would be a slight concern. Um, but I think that's probably the way she is. Do you know, she wears the hood. She's obviously is a little bit quirky and a little bit buzzy. But yeah, ho- hopefully if Patrick stays in a straight line and keeps out of Danny's way, um, Gallum or so can lead them home. <laughs> I think yeah, Patrick would probably be keeping a bit more quiet on the way this one. Got a bit of a telegraph oh. after that. Um, but yeah, we're both in agreement there, Gallimer, so could be the one to beat in that. Um two forty then, last race in Doncaster we'll talk about Albert Bartlett and Abbott Hurdle, grade two. It's probably not the strongest grade two contest, if I'm honest. Um I don't think they'll probably be a Cheltenham contender in this uh unless they're just slipping past me completely. Do you fancy anything in here? Yeah, I've gone for one with experience here. I've gone with destroy the evidence for Kim Bailey and David Bass. Kim Bailey had a welcome winner during the week. And while welcome to Cartier, of course, he could be anything, or welcome to, to, to Catrice, he could be anything. But I've gone with experience. Destroy the evidence. Six runs over hers. Three of those have were wins. Um, I thought he, he ran a, a cracker to finish second behind Shannon Bob, who's rated 134. Destroy the evidence was only beaten a length and a quarter. On that occasion, that was in Grade Two company at Cheltenham back in December the sixteenth. If he turns up here he, in that similar form, he has to take the beat. And I think in typical Batsy fashion, he's going to be shoveling on the coal pretty early here and and trying to you know see if there's any cracks in the armour of welcome to catchies. So best price four to one. I think it's just the the evidence for me. A little bit of market sport here since I looked at this race last night for Lucinda Russell's horse Esprit de Potier. And uh, got to give a mention to I Love My Bay, who I think will struggle. Struggle in a similar event at Haydock, um, two starts back, but represents a team in rude health here in a double shade of uh, double green of Isaac Swade and Simon Muneer, Daryl Jacob and, and Stuart Crawford. But I think I Love My Bay will struggle and it's destroyed the evidence for me. Yeah, he was a good winner there last time, but like you said, did struggle in this kind of company. I kind of would agree with you there and it's destroyed the evidence. Um, Cheap pieces seem to have brought out great improvement in the last three ones as well. So, yeah, he might just have a little bit too much for the Paul Nichols horse, who's obviously a lot less experienced than him. Um, not actually entered for the Albert Bartley, which is interesting. Maybe yeah. maybe, maybe they don't fancy him for that kind of event, but I don't think there'll be an Albert Bartley winner in this anyway. So, yeah, he, he could be the one there. Um, we're going to Sunday's race, and anyway, just a couple of races in Nate. We'll have a quick chat about. Um, the first one is the Limestone Lad, Limestone Lad Hurdle. We were talking about Salarina, another uh, reminiscent weekend um, for the Bow Family horses. Like we were saying, probably won't see a lad like this again. They don't really, they don't, they don't um, campaign them like they used to with Limestone Lad. No, no, but Limestone Lad, he was a cracker now. So obviously, Salarina as well. But Limestone Lad was. Uh, yeah, he was all, I think it was a bit tricky to to get on as well. They had to get on him out on the track. And I know Shane McGovern was was a regular rider once upon a time and ran in a couple of stairs hurdles. But yeah, he was tough as nails. I actually I actually saw a picture of him on social media this week. I think still looking well at the age of 32. So the the tough campaign oh, do him any harm either. No, like he was a hardy bit of stuff. Like he was he was as tough as nails. Um, and every race he'd come out fighting. Like like before the race, he'd always be be playing up. Like when it came to, to legging up the jockey. He was, he was, yeah, a tough bit of stuff. So, um, look, it's kind of a random field in this. To be honest, I think the conditions of it um, make it kind of hard to 
to find to find horses. I think if you're if you've won a Grade One race since May 2022, you can't run in this. So a few of them kind of thrown in here. I think Sarah the Brave will likely be a long odds on favourites for this time. I'd imagine race of one five two Galway Hurdle winner of course. Golden Joy is an interesting entry for Gordon. I, I imagine it's just to pick up some prize money. You know, he, he's third one. Um, yeah, I can't really see anything beating Sarah the Brave here. Can you? No, never went to yard at Tipperary when last seen, and obviously the the post race examination brought brought up something so they'd be thankful at least he had something a problem came to light that was able to be treated uh Sarek the break bounces back as you mentioned his golden order win he takes this like i can't see golden joy or, or the remainder with, with all due respect being good enough to get ahead of him so yeah Sarek the brave yeah you'd imagine that i like bantam gorge she's a tough little filly but um yeah Sarek the brave looks probably be a different class than this one i think the next race we'll have a look at the last race i'll have a look at now is a cracker um grade three novice chase could be some real pointers here, I think, towards maybe the RSE or probably more so the National Hunt Chase. Um, Meeting of the Water is brilliant winner of the Paddy Power. At Christmas time, Embassy Gardens, really, really good on um, reappearance this year as well, winning his beginner's chase. Who do you fancy in this one? I've gone with, with Embassy Gardens. Um, I think, let's be clear about it, is obviously interesting, but I think he needs things to, to fall right. I think he, he likes, he's a horse that likes to get things his own way, maybe needs to be humoured into the races and whatnot. So if he's on a going day, He'll be there or thereabouts. But Embassy Gardens, I was pretty impressed with his beginner's victory. Punches down, jumps well. And I think if he can build on that, he'll, he'll take a bit of beating. And is the choice at Paul Townsend. So Embassy Gardens for me. Yeah, I'd be with you there. He was he was really, really good. Probably and ultimately a little bit disappointing in his novice hurdle campaign. But yeah, could be a, a much better chaser and looks to be right up there in that National Hunt Chase picture, I'd say. Um, Look, we'll wrap it up there. We've gone through plenty. Uh, so great tips there from Paul as well. Look, I suppose to finish up, we'll go for your nap, your next best, and maybe a long shot over the weekend. Nap is Garland or so. I think we'll take that 205 at Doncaster. Next best, I think destroy the evidence. I think is it's a bit of value, and I think we'll we'll be there thereabouts. We'll be definitely given a positive ride by by David Bass, and so we'll go close in that two forty. Also, at um, at at Doncaster, one at a price in the three fifteen at Doncaster. It's a handicap chase over three miles. Hasgore Claremont for Gavin Cromwell. Connor Stone Walsh, who's a young jockey that I've been really impressed with, claims a valuable five off ten stone eight. Now, more to the point, Tasker Claremont, I think if he gets out on the right side of bed here and, it's, and Connor's able to, to humour him in the early stages, I think he'll run a big race, around right about 16 to 1 mark. Tasker Claremont won two of his last three starts, including an amateur race at Cheltenham back in November. He was well beaten in a similar event at Ascot on his last start, but like I said, the three miles start at Ascot, you're going downhill and you have to ditch, I think, is the last fence before you swing swing to, to the face at, at Swingley Bottom. Um, and you do need to meet the first three fences spot on. Um, not everyone's cup of tea. I think Hasker Claremont could be more suited here at Doncaster. And I think if on a going day, I think it's a bit of value at 16 to 1. It's interesting the connections have opted to persist at this level. So, hmm. worth cool. the Good shout, sir. You can't go against a Gavin Cromwell horse travelling over to England. I suppose he had a good winner there yesterday as well. Um, look, I was with you with the nap, Gallimar so for me as well. My next best day away, Faye, and my long shot, kind of similar, but um, same yard in Cheltenham, the novice, novice handicap chase. 
Uh, Railway Hurricane, 18 to 1. I think he's got a bit of an each way chance. I think he's run at Cheltenham four times. He's been in the first three three times and fell last time, obviously. But um, yeah, I think he, he he always runs a solid race at Cheltenham. And with Gavin Cromwell's record there, I think 18 to 1 looks a good each way price. I wouldn't be surprised to see him running into the places there. But look, Paul, thanks very much for all your contributions. Um, enjoy the weekend's racing. And I hope everyone watching enjoyed the show. If you're having a bet, make sure to gamble responsibly and tune in Monday for our normal Jump to It show.